Welcome to Happen Here. People, places, and the stories they tell. I'm Robbie Stamp, host of this episode, The Caravan Club. The Caravan, an LGBTQ-friendly London nightclub, existed for just six weeks during the summer of 1934. In 1930s Britain, same-sex interactions were both illegal and widely vilified. In this episode, we'll imagine William, a first-time visitor to whom the club seems too good to be true, and we'll imagine joining the crowd in Bow Street that gathers for the hearings after a police raid. And in our last story, we find Cyril Coeur de Lyon, whose real life comes down to us through the records of his trial at the Old Bailey. Without further ado, let's begin. The Basement, 81 Endell Street, London. The Caravan Club. Written by Hamish Roberts. Performed by Stephen Fry. Ten o'clock on a warm evening in July 1934. And William, a lanky 22-year-old kitchen porter from Covent Garden, quietly joins a queue down one end of Endell Street. The queue slinks off the busy London Avenue into an alley and down a darkened stairway. Crumpled in William's hand is a flyer. The Caravan, London's greatest bohemian rendezvous, said to be the most unconventional spot in town. That's code, William's friend Jonathan told him the night before means you can be yourself in there. William found this difficult to believe. Being oneself anywhere is never an easy task for a gay person in 1930s Britain. Mere gross indecency, by which the law means any homosexual interaction, is punishable by up to two years' imprisonment. William carefully hides all his kisses and embraces with other men away, in empty back streets and public toilets. How is he supposed to feel any safer in a club like the Caravan, open to anyone right in the heart of London? Trust me, Jonathan had reassured him, no one bats an eyelid. Promise me you'll go and enjoy every moment. It'll be gone soon. William blinks, and he's descending the stairway, ushered inside and into a dimly lit, cavernous basement. With a single mesmerising spin of his head, he collects five or six images he will remember for the rest of his life. Men, some with powdered faces and shaped eyebrows, others in sleeveless dresses, sway to jaunty music with other men, in their arms, wonderfully unconcerned with their surroundings. Young women, too, dance with abandon, as intoxicated as the men, and a small crowd cheers on a beautiful young gentleman balanced on an upturned crate as he arcs his back and skillfully flexes burning paper across his bare chest. William doesn't move. 
Just walking in here drained all his courage. He didn't realize how much more he'd required to actually talk to anyone. He watches, fascinated. None of the norms of dress and behavior that define the world outside exist in this small, humid basement. These people seem to think this space is theirs, their own country even, with its own morals and laws. Why aren't they afraid of being caught, charged and put away? Behind the dancers, men and women recline on low pieces of furniture, some of it no more than crates covered artfully with tablecloths. Oil lamps swinging from the rafters throw their dim light across fantastic painted imagery, dragons and constellations which billow along the walls on a hodgepodge of strung-up fabrics. This place is enchanting, William thinks. Deceptively cheap, its materials scavenged, perhaps from tips and backyards, but assembled here is something far richer than the sum of its parts, its knots and nails vanishing into the humid blur of it all. Suddenly William understands. The caravan isn't built to last. No one here has a secret power that he doesn't. They know they'll be caught, sooner perhaps, rather than later. For now, though, the night is young. William takes a tentative step towards the throng and into the gaze of a beautiful stranger. The stranger regards him with a shy smile. Perhaps William will have to be the brave one. He closes his eyes and silently reaffirms his promise to Jonathan. Enjoy every moment. It'll be gone soon. It was indeed soon gone. Opened on July the 14th, the club was raided on the 25th of August 1934 and 103 people were arrested. They were required to attend a hearing three days later at Bow Street Magistrates Court and a crowd of over 500 people gathered to watch the defendants go in and out. Bow Street, outside the Magistrates Court, Covent Garden, hiding in plain sight. Written by Hamish Roberts, performed by Stephen Fry. Matthew Sykes normally never spoke to a soul on his way to his offices in Longacre. He was, after all, a bookish, introverted accountant, incapable of partaking in the banter of Covent Garden's costermongers, quipping as they sold their fruit and veg. No matter, it lightened his mornings merely to walk amongst such rousing hustle and bustle. This morning, however, of the 28th of August, 1934, the bustle was missing. Donkeys stood perplexed, the carts of fresh fruit they'd heaved in a dawn left unmanned. Matthew hurried through the eerily empty piazza, east into Bow Street. There, the missing bustle multiplied tenfold. The road was a heaving sea of trilbies, pork pie and bowler hats, costermonger caps outnumbering them all. Hundreds of people babbling, craning their necks towards the entrance 
of Bow Street Magistrates Court. Excuse me, Matthew cried into the crowd. He was going to be late for work. Excuse me! A portly costermonger turned around, the swish of his apron releasing a pungent waft of apples. We got here first, mate. I'm not trying to get here, Matthew said. I'm trying to get through there. He pointed to the far end of Bow Street, where a line of automobiles were stuck, drivers sticking their heads out of their windows, hurling fury at the crowd. The costermonger smiled charitably, lifted his flat cap. Good luck to you. What is all this, anyway? The caravan, mumbled another costermonger, his attention on the courthouse. Policemen were cutting a route through the crowd for a black, beetle-like hackney cab. Raided a few nights ago. A caravan? The caravan. Nightclub on Endor Street. I haven't had the pleasure. That provoked several guffaws. Well, the costermongers exchanged looks. The caravan's full of... Uh, there's no nice name for them, is there? A young man emerged from the cab. The crowd treated him to a great cheer. Lapels up, head down, he sped into the courthouse, chased by cries of, What ho, Gerald? They're queers, said the portly costermonger. You know, fairies, men who like a tumble with each other. Oh, homosexuals. Matthew had read about this mental disorder in a journal of psychology. How unfortunate, he'd thought in passing. But a criminal offence, Matthew wondered, being a homosexual? And, of course, it was, then. But, like most Britons, lawmakers preferred to avoid mentioning gay lives explicitly. Inside court, the young man would be charged with aiding and abetting lewd performances. The lewdness was only briefly described. Men had been seen dancing with men, women with women. I don't understand the fuss, said Matthew. He was quite unremarkable. Maybe if you'd seen him inside the club, you'd have seen something to remark about, said the costermonger mischievously. Anyway, he won't mind us. We're just having some fun. Defendants were treated on arrival and departure to cheers, jeers, chants and jibes. The accused, Matthew realised, embodied for the crowd that vague idea of the queer that lurked behind so many insults and innuendos thrown around the market every day. A hundred and three defendants entered the court that day. Good accountant that he was, Matthew extrapolated outward to the population at large and made the strange reckoning that he probably passed several homosexuals on his route to work every day a whole small country hiding in plain sight, he thought. Well, I never. Most of the club's members, part of that small country, lived undercover in the ordinary world, 
trying to evade prosecution. Some of them had jobs and families that they needed to protect. 67 defendants were acquitted at the hearing. Most of the rest went on to a trial at the Old Bailey. Our next story follows one of those who was taken to trial. We begin back inside the caravan club on the night of the raid. The caravan club, 81 Endell Street and the Old Bailey. Cyril's Fragments. Written by Hamish Roberts. Performed by Stephen Fry. In the early hours of the 25th of August 1934, the LGBTQ-friendly club, the Caravan in Covent Garden, was not long for this world. Inside that dim, dingy basement, men were dancing with men, women with women, when the music came to an abrupt halt. A man who looked a little too neat and a little too sober stood up tall and shouted into the ensuing hush, Police officers are here to arrest all of you for maintaining a place likely to corrupt morals. If you remain quiet, you will be taken to the police station as quickly as possible. The crowd gasped and fell silent, except for one slender man in his late thirties. I don't mind this beastly raid, he said, taking a step towards the inspector, but I would like to know if you could let me have one of your nice boys to come home with. I'm really good. The offer was not taken up. The man and over a hundred others were escorted out. A few officers stayed behind to search the premises, including P.C. Jimmy Robinson. Barely nineteen, he never thought his first nightclub would be one like this, full of queers. What a load of old tat, he thought, as he searched the seating area. Nothing of interest, just a corner of shredded paper poking out between the seams of a divan. He pulled at it. There was more. He pried a pile of torn paper out and lifted a shred to his eye. Love you, darling. Honestly, I do. It is almost two years since we first met, and another fragment read, Just you and I, to eat and sleep and make... And so they went on. Jimmy registered a growing feeling of guilt with each new broken sentence, not because of the words, which were not at all vulgar, but because they were gradually coalescing into an elegant expression of love. Unrequited, it seemed, or otherwise doomed, Jimmy couldn't quite tell, but clearly not meant for his eyes, as the last fragment he read made clear. Please be a dear boy and destroy this letter. What have you got there? Jimmy looked up and met the eyes of his superior, Sergeant Miller. Nothing, Jimmy said. A shredded letter, that's all. That's evidence, Miller replied. Bag it up. Two months later, Jimmy was called as a witness to the Old Bailey, where those found inside the club were being tried. The notes had been typed up to use as evidence. Jimmy simply had to confirm he'd found them in the club. He did his duty and left the dispatch box, his part over, whilst the prosecution continued their case. 
It signs off as follows. I am yours with all my love forever and always, Cyril. Defendant 7, Cyril Coeur de Leon. Is this your letter? A slender man stood up, the same man, Jimmy realised, who'd spoken so obscenely to Inspector Campion inside the club. Not quite the same. All that vulgar confidence had been beaten out of him. Plainly, the man answered. Expressing your love for another man, um, Morris. Yes. That will be all. Robinson felt very strange. Those fragmented sentences had felt like a glimpse inside their author, and he didn't want to glimpse inside this Cyril Coeur de Leon. He didn't want to know that queers had inner lives at all. Cyril had a wife and a child, and had only realised he was bisexual two years previously when he came to London. It wasn't until 1967 that homosexuality was decriminalised in England. A story about the trial of Ironfoot Jack, the bohemian proprietor of the caravan club, is on our website. Hello, I'm Stephen. I can't tell you how much I enjoy reading some of these stories, how much I learn myself, and how much those histories connect me to parts of London that I've always especially loved, Covent Garden and Soho and the senior centre of the West End. Its history is astonishing. It's filled with remarkable people, often very heroic people, enduring conditions that most of us would find utterly intolerable. Anyway, if you need to find out more, do get involved with our community. But for now, everybody involved in Happened Here, the writers, the hosts, the performers, thank you for listening. Do come again. We've got lots more stories to tell. <laughs>